Hey, backdoor cover, producer Micah. As promised, we are delivering you some special bonus content today. This is an interview with Daryl Morey, general manager of the Houston Rockets, uh, and one of the most famous men in the basketball front office world. He's also the founder of the Sloan Analytics Conference at MIT. Uh, he's a very interesting character and uh, a pretty interesting interview. We sat down with Daryl uh, via the phone, I guess, uh, Ross Bolin and myself, on the Ross Bolin Podcast. Perhaps you've heard of it. If you haven't, you should. The Ross Bolin Podcast. Check it out on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts, and you can hear the entire interview as well as all the other things that we talk about on the Ross Bolin Podcast, all of the things from Ross's crazy mind. But uh, anyway, this is a conversation with Daryl Morey. Lots of basketball talk for the sports fans out there listening to Backdoor Cover. I think you're going to enjoy it. And if you want to hear more, like I said, check out the Ross Boland Podcast. We will be back with our regularly scheduled Backdoor Cover next week. And if you want to leave us a voicemail about anything we talked about this week uh, or this interview with Daryl, uh, do that. 800-392-6344. 800-392-6344. That's the Backdoor Cover Podcast uh, hotline. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye-bye. All right, Mr. Daryl Morey, how are you? Uh, we're happy to have you here with us. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. It's a long time coming. Absolutely. Uh, okay, first question. How was NBA All-Star Weekend? Did you enjoy yourself? I saw you. Uh, I think you had your family there with you. Looked like a good time. I did, yeah. It was a good time. I mean, having one of the best players in the world uh, is always a, always a positive thing for the Rockets and uh, makes it a fun time and you know, now it's back to business Thursday against the Lakers. Of course. Uh, you've been the general manager of the Rockets for like 12 years now. Um, and somewhere along, I guess, like the back end of the Tracy McGrady, Yao Ming era, I started to notice Rockets fans holding you in kind of a special place, usually reserved for like uh, the likes of fan favorite players like Patrick Beverly or Gerald Green, etc., and since then, things have only escalated. You're basically like an infallible demigod to these sheep now, of which I am one. <laughs> what has been your strategy for handling your relationship with Houston Rockets fans? Well, I, I think, uh, well, first off, it's a testament to our staff, frankly. I mean, we, we just have a great staff of, of folks and, uh, and also appreciate the Rockets fan support and your support. Uh, it's, been, it's been a great run. We've had a lot of winning, unfortunately, still... Uh, still need to put a ring on it but but you know we have the second best record of the spurs over the last 13 years i've been here so it's you know now we need to finish it off and get a championship for uh, chris and james but in terms of the relationship i i've always viewed this and and it you know sort of started when i worked with the celtics uh, the four years before i got to the rockets and that's this is an entertainment business it's it's Winning is the best entertainment, so that's 99% of it. But right. a part of it is, you know, people want to feel connected to the team. They want to feel like they know the players. They want to feel like they know the coach. And they feel like they want to know the front office. And they want to feel like they understand the direction of the team. And I feel like it's a big part of my job to constantly be communicating to the fans, hey, this is what we're trying to do. This is where we're trying to go. This is how we're going to win, and let's all do it together. I will say that's one of the things that's so much fun about being a Rockets fan is that, I mean, not only, you know, obviously it helps that we've been good for uh, most of my life, but, or, you know, in the playoffs pretty much every year of most of my life, 
uh, we it just feels like there's a a real connection to the franchise. Like you, you get all the information you need to get. There's never any like real weird secrecy or anything like that. Uh, and that for the most part, I mean, it seems like management you have made moves that genuinely speak to a want to win. Yeah, no, it, it, it's very transparent. Now, every team says that, but I don't think a lot of teams live it. I think it really translates into all your moves. It's like, how do you make sure everything ups your probability? In fact, our main measurement is what is the probability of a championship over a, over a three-year window? That's primarily what we're always constantly monitoring. Now, the head coach is obviously trying to win the game tonight, but that's what I'm trying to maximizes our probability over a three-year stretch and so that you know we live that and you know hopefully people come along for the ride so far they have and uh it's been uh, i've enjoyed listening to you guys and uh it's uh actually you guys are you guys got me a lot of street cred once i don't know if you knew that really how's that um so my daughter's big into basketball but she didn't think that my my job was interesting or a big deal until I made total frat move, um, you know, years ago. Cause her friends started, her friends started like saying, Hey, you're on, you're on the, you're on the site. So right. I, uh, I, I have to uh, thank you guys for giving, uh, do you remember for, uh, why you were on it? Cred. What's that? Do you remember why in particular? Like, what was yeah, it, it was for it was for probably a tweet I shouldn't have sent. So I'm not sure I want to bring it up again. But oh yeah, no worries, for, that was almost uh, definitely uh, me covering that. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was. It was for a tweet that uh, has, has since been uh, has since been um, uh, explained better later. Oh okay. So. Uh, speaking of tweets, I spend a considerable amount of time defending James Harden on Twitter uh, from haters. Well, really both on the internet yes. and, and in person. What he's doing during this historic scoring streak has been something to behold, but the hate just seems to grow stronger. How do you deal with the national narrative against Harden? It's it's frustrating. I mean, once once the narrative forms, you know, it's very hard to uh very hard to switch it. It doesn't have to uh it doesn't have to make sense. You know, you can just scream things like the wall it's hell. and have everyone sort of line up on each side and regardless of what the merits are on either side of that issue like it just becomes this self-fulfilling thing and you know beating the lakers several times this this year has, has not helped i mean la uh has the most fans of any team in the league that's true uh, so us us beating them multiple times especially now that they they feel like they're getting back to being uh, the Lakers that we all we all knew from the '80s, you know, through the you know through the last few years where they've struggled. So, I think that's why the hate is ramped up is is mostly because beating the Lakers uh, and because of the injuries. You know, James has had to really put it all on the line for us to save our season, and he did it. Um, and he had to play a way that uh, you know that uh, you know would help us win games, but people saw as extreme. But for me, it was, it was James, you know, doing the smart things to make sure we won games while we had very key people out. Yeah. That just doesn't fit in with the narrative though. So they got to run another way with it. No, no, you can't. Uh, as Shane Battier told me, don't, don't buck the narrative. Uh, it, <laughs> it comes back and, and nails you. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I appreciate you and uh, and others fight with the the Twitter trolls. I don't I don't really get down into the Twitter troll realm. I I usually if it's a prominent media person, I'll, I might troll them a little bit. Not I don't know if trolls the right word. I might. Uh, aggressively educate them let's put it that way you don't want to get down here in the muck with me and the likes of me and micah daryl you just you stay doing your thing and we'll take care of you down here in the shit <laughs> okay sounds uh, uh sounds good i appreciate it we, we well the good thing is we have a ton of diehard like rockets fans like yourself that uh you know it, it's really be, you know he's the most polarizing superstar i think in a long time yes James, definitely but, you know but you know the worst thing would be to be you know the the Pete Sampras of, of basketball where you're a great player, but no one's talking about you. At least everyone's talking about James all the time. Yeah. And it's looking like I'm more and more likely that he's going to win uh, his second MVP in as many years, which is uh, I, I, crazy to have back-to-back MVPs and at least has a shot at averaging more points per game this season than Michael ever did for an entire season. I know that's probably not going to happen because like you said, you're getting Clint back. He doesn't need to carry the load as much as he did, but what has it been like for you watching James grow and thrive the way he has as a rocket and how good does it feel to be right about him like you were yeah I mean I'm more happy for him because I think when he first came to Oklahoma City he was an extremely good player with a lot of confidence but he didn't know if he could lead a team and I've just been extremely happy and uh, I don't think pride is the right word because I but you know I, I don't but but I think that you don't feel like I'm a proud mother. I'm just happy for him. Yeah, I'm happy for him because I think it was something that he always wanted to show was that he could be the alpha, the leader of a team that, that could win the title. And for sure, our team last year, although we didn't win it, you know, when they when they do those ESPN lists in the future and say the best teams that didn't win a title, we're going to always be on that. And uh, I wish, you know, there's no trophy for that, but the reality is James put it all on the line. Chris put it all on the line last year. Dude, I'll, I'll be and real with you. And teams that win 65 games and beat teams like we did, they generally go on to win the title. And right. we happen to be facing one of the all-time great teams. I tend to agree with you. Well, not tend to. I totally agree with you that, I mean, yes, obviously a championship should be the first goal of every franchise, but almost equally as important is the entertainment value and, and keeping – making your fan experience fun and enjoyable, which winning is part of it. But, like, I have found a way, especially in this hellhole of a Warriors era, uh, to thoroughly enjoy (laughs) winning in the regular season as well. And I think it's bullshit that people try to say, you know, it's championship or bust. Yes, sort of, but also not the fuck really. Well, and the great thing about the NBA, and I think we have this over, you know, I'm biased, but any sport is, our games are really fucking entertaining. Right. Like, regardless of the outcome, now you want a close game, you want this, but, you know, you know, even that All-Star game and everyone criticizes it, but that, that second half of that All-Star game was pretty awesome to watch. I don't know if you got a chance to watch it. It, it was, you know, we're, we have the best athletes in the world. I'm 100% confident in that because the guys who are freakish athletes, they can make more money in the NBA get more exposure, more more endorsements. So it's a pretty non-contest if you're an elite athlete and you have the option of playing multiple sports, baseball, football, basketball, soccer, that they're, you're going to pick basketball. And, and um, yeah, we it's pretty amazing to watch. These, these, the people who are great at this game are, are uh, you know, they're, they're almost like a, a new uh, – 
you know, a new uh, new advanced species. Honestly, they're they're that amazing. They're superheroes. Let me ask you another question about Harden. The uh, this year especially that step back that he has is such an unguardable move, and he can step back and shoot a three from anywhere. And and the thing that's craziest is like from any angle. He can step to the left. He can step straight back. He can go at an angle. So basically, my question is. Is his step back three this generation's skyhook? It's just an unstoppable signature move that we've never seen before, and we may not ever see again. I think it is, and the skyhook example is a good one. I think the euro steps a good one. It's it's an innovative move. People have done it before. It's just no at an efficient level where it became a, a weapon that other teams had to figure out how to stop or game plan for. Um, you know, I think, you know, Steph's, Steph's ability to shoot off the, off the bounce in heavily guarded situations, uh, from 40 feet is a, is a game changer. James's step back's a game changer. The Skyhook's a game changer. The Euro step was a game changer when that first came into the league with, um, you know, it was even pre-Ginobili, but Ginobili was the first one to prominently use it. I mean, these are, these, these things change the game and, and, uh, makes, Makes for a more fun sport, I think. Okay, here's a question from my buddy Stu, who's the only person I can say confidently is as disturbed uh, a Rockets fan as I am. He wants to know how did none of your <laughs> how do none of your trades get leaked? Like that Shump deal came out of nowhere, and then he has a follow up after you answer that. Yeah, no. Generally, the generally the trades that leak are the ones that don't happen, and here's why: it's it's because the you know, they become like a staring contest. One side or the other, or the agents are leaking it for some strategic reason to try and gain an edge. And But sides get dug in, and, and they, they basically get entrenched such that those deals don't happen. The deals that happen are ones where each side has an exchange of value. There's a mutual respect both ways. You know, so most of our most of our deals haven't leaked, and I always get frustrated when they do. His follow-up is, how would you feel if you saw a mid-30s man in Houston wearing a Costas Papa Nicolau Rockets jersey? <laughs> I would say that is a true, either his last name is Papa Nicolau, or it's a true, true Rockets fan. And well, the other person would be my buddy Stu, so if you see him, say hi, Stu, because that's almost <laughs> definitely him. Mike has got well, another He's, a, he's got a wicked, wicked pass, and, uh, you know, too bad the, the Costas area was, was so short, it he was, was uh, <laughs> part of that Ty Lawson trade. It was a good run. <laughs> Let me ask you one other question about changing the game. My friend Coach Bobby is uh, familiar to listeners of this podcast. He coaches middle school hoops. And uh, my question mm-hmm. is, yep. have you been to a middle school basketball game recently? Because the game so, stinks. Oh, go ahead, sorry. Well, go, go mm-hmm. ahead. I'll, I'll follow up. Yeah, so I can't go to a – I can only go to my own kids' basketball games. Like, we're not allowed to – See any games for anyone under the age of 19. What? Um, Wait, really? So yeah, so I don't see them, but I, but I will. I will say that that uh, they're 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 pretty different. My, when my son played, you know, I got to see some games. Well, I asked because uh, I go to these games to watch Coach Bobby yell and get worked up, and uh, but <laughs> the games themselves stink because uh, all these kids they just want to shoot threes, and how, right. so the question is. Dang it, James! James Harden ruining the game again. Well, how apparently. much of it is your fault, <laughs> you personally, with the emphasis on three pointers? It's got to be more than zero percent, right? I think, I think you can trace some blame to Coach D'Antoni, myself, and some of the other, 
you know, people have really. So uh-huh. yeah, I think. Could you could I think you put Steph, a percentage on it? Is James this, gets the blame? Could, could you put a percentage on it? Is when a when a twelve year old fires up a thirty six footer, is that one percent your fault? <laughs> well, does he make it or not? If he makes it, then I'd want it to be a hundred percent my fault. Sure, but, it's uh, it's in, but it's off. Yeah, the glass. no, I, I obviously there's just, there's some blame there, but. Um, if we got a hold of middle school basketball, it'd be really bad because I know they don't have a shot clock. So in theory, after you get the tip, you just hold the ball for the entire <laughs> half and then shoot once, and there should be two shots in the whole game. So uh, unfortunately, the no shot clock games should be. We would ruin those way more than just shooting threes if, if we I'm got sure a hold of it. I'm sure you find a way to exploit that system in a way that would be miserable. <laughs> uh, and, and, you know, there's For not sure. as many we, we would, customers. We, so. would, we would manage to make middle grade hoop, middle school hoops miserable, what, completely miserable, more, it, than, more than normal. What's it like going from a call uh, with Tillman for T to, to, to us? Sorry, I lost you something about Tillman, sorry. I said, what's it like going from a call with Tillman for T to, to us? Oh, <laughs> I'm scared. I mean, we were just working on this issue. It's, Part of the part of the part of the job <laughs> was so. it the future of middle school hoops, or was it something different? It was not on middle school hoops. It was, uh, I think, luckily for Rockets fans, it was on how do we how do we make ourselves as good as possible this year to win the title. So it was, it was a good oh, it was God. a good reason I was on. With okay, them, we just so. have a couple more for you here, and then we'll let you go, Daryl. There have been multiple instances. Yeah, no, thanks for having me. Yeah, of what I can only imagine was like uh, extreme frustration in your career, like the Chris Bosh debacle. Mm-hmm. Paul Gasol trade that yep. wasn't. How do you deal with that type? We didn't of, really. We didn't use debacle, but yeah. What'd you use? I, uh, <laughs> we would just say we missed out. I mean, we swung and missed. Uh, that's part of the game, though. You got to be in it to win it. So fair enough. So you're going to miss some, but yeah, of course, of course. I, I just mean it was a frustrating situation in the end for you. I'm sure. So it was frustrating. How, very frustrating. How do you deal with that type of disappointment and adversity in, in your? career and then when you experience those kind of like you know dark periods where i'm sure when something big falls apart there's a kind of a you know an after effect that sucks uh, how do you get through that yeah well, i think there's a famous saying which you've probably heard in others have but if you're in hell keep going so i, I that's that's probably one of the main i people actually think i know shit now even though i don't and the main advice i give people is no one knows anything i can so relate to stop that yeah. asking for advice yeah, and then my second piece of advice is if you're going to force me to give advice, one of the few ones I give is that you, you can get shockingly far by just saying to yourself, keep going. Like, you you know, your your script you've sent to Hollywood for 4,000 times has has said no, but it could be the 4,000 first. I mean, my, my career is a story of keeping going, and honestly, most of the people I meet who are pretty successful people, they, they, they get past the... The roadblocks, the roadblock comes and they don't go, oh, shit, there's the roadblock, oh, well. They go, okay, how do I get around this thing? And so keep going, yeah. When it, when things are really bad, just just go to the next step and figure out how to how to dig your way out of it. So you're a big fan of Dory from Finding Nemo with Just Keep Swimming. <laughs> exactly, yeah. As I was saying that, I was like, that, that just sounded like the worst graduation speech ever I just gave there, so... <laughs> Uh, sorry to your podcast fans for my trite and uh, yeah, very uh, no, we love very that. boring. We advice, love that kind but... of shit here. That's what we're all about. Uh, this is going to surprise you. This is a question from Sean Pendergast, and it's with the change in philosophy. Oh, yeah. 
With the change in okay. philosophy in the NFL to running back by committee of late, is your strategy still mm-hmm. to hoard eight running backs on auction night, or do you approach your team with a different strategy <laughs> than you did in 2014 with uh, Sean and the boys in that Houston league? Has the dynamic changed at all? I I think it would be different. Um, yeah, I, basically, you, I mean, if you study economics, it's the study of scarcity, so it would be the same thing with fantasy football. Uh, at the time, that that was the, the strategy I used whenever I played Sean. Uh, the most scarce thing was running back, so it made sense to hoard them. you got to figure out the most scarce thing. It might be the top five receivers now, uh, and, you know, you got to hope for a running back to emerge. So um, that was the other reason I hoarded eight running backs. I, I would grab all the rookies and young guys and, and wait for the – you know, the the young guy to emerge, you know, because they come from later rounds. So. We were joking that it was the um, same thing you do with power forwards on the Rockets, or at least you did at one point. <laughs> yeah, that was a joke for a while, but that's because that was, you know, people ask me all the time, who, what's the undervalued sort of thing? What is the thing you're chasing? And I always just say, look at the Rockets. Whatever we have on the Rockets at a given time, that is what we've evaluated to be worth more than uh, the rest of the league at that time. So. What do you say to a man if, if scarcity is truly where value is, who has sunk his entire life into an industry that everyone and their mom and dad now has a podcast? Uh, yeah, differentiate. No, I'm just <laughs> so fucking with you. You don't have to answer that question. That's, you gotta pick- that's my problem yeah. to figure out. Uh, one more from my buddy Barrett, and it's a sort of serious one, I guess. What's your take on the new era of player control? Because it seems like there's this permeating feeling that none of these guys are happy where they are. Everybody's forcing their way out of contracts. It's just nonstop chaos. So that, all that kind of shit. How do you feel about that? Well, I, I feel partially responsible. I mean, it, you know, frankly, our main thing we were trying to differentiate ourselves on was how do we how how do we become the best place for free agents to want to come. So set up the environment where we're the place every star when they want to leave wants to come to. And I was, we were laughed at pretty heavily in that 10, 11, uh, the Kevin Martin era, we like to call it. That's what um, we call it. Yeah. And, you know, saying we're saying we're a top destination. Everyone was like, uh, everyone was like, they're crazy. They're not. I was like, look, Houston's an amazing city with no income tax. This is the place to be, and we're going to set up a great environment. So I'm all for player empowerment. I think I think it's great for the league. Do you want to mix in a shout-out to anybody on Clutch Fans? I love I love Clutch Fans. Uh, I do want to shout-out to Ross. I know you're quitting smoking. Good luck with that, man. Quitting, not an easy quitting thing, dipping. So. It's it's a so. living hell, uh, and I appreciate I appreciate that very much. It's been uh, – it's been not a lot of fun so far, and we very much appreciate you taking the time, Daryl, today. Uh, Micah, you got one more question, yeah, I think. You know, Ross is, is quitting dipping, and, and we talked about quitting day. That was something we declared on the show. Uh, other than not shaving, is there anything that you're looking to quit in the upcoming future? <laughs> quit not having a ring. That would probably be my thing. Ah, my there you go. Thing. Yeah. That's a good one. Yeah. How's the beard going, by the way? That. Is that something you're anticipating I'm needing to shave to soon? Get, it's starting to where it's like too long, where like hairs are like growing into my mouth and shit. So I'm like, I don't know. I, I've never had one this long, so I, I got to talk to Coach D'Antoni or something. who's an experienced uh, beard mustache guy. Isn't doesn't James Harden work in your building? If, if you'd like to talk to someone who knows James a thing Harden or two about does, beards. but yeah, but I, I'm going. I'm 
I'm going to try and go for the, like, the big but slightly groomed version. Okay. Uh, James goes for the iconic, you know, sort of, you know, uh, Greek philosopher yeah, no, version you, of the beard. Your white so. ass cannot pull that off. Yeah, maybe <laughs> exactly. Dan is a better choice. His beard sure. is iconic, iconic and awesome. Mine is sort of people. Exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm in the same boat as you. Us guys with bad facial hair, we got to stick together. Daryl, we very much appreciate you taking <laughs> the time on the show today. It really does mean a lot. Uh, big fan, huge fan of your work, obviously. Love the Rockets. Uh, shout out to all the Rockets fans that are listening. And uh, if you got anything else you want to plug or anywhere you want to, I mean, your social media is easy enough to find. I don't, you don't need to shout out your fucking Instagram or anything like that. But anything else you wanted to add? Uh, no, it's good. Hey, appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I love love doing shows like yourselves. You know, with I love being with the uh, big time Rockets fans. So thanks so much for having me on. Hey, thank you, Daryl. Uh, have a great rest right, of your day, guys. man. And we'll talk soon. All right, talk to you soon. Thanks, bye. Uh, it ended. So. How long is it? I hope it stopped recording. We went for 24 minutes. 